you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. And, and so, it's because we're now actually like into our official time, we, we want to usually do, so thanks everyone for coming. And what we're, you know, what Relentless Geekery is about, we had a little bit of an introduction, is, you know, to talk about these things both um, current because that's often of interest to people, but also we have been reading and seeing and doing and playing for a long time, and so we try to share those things. Um, in particular, for this session, you know, with, with Lost Cities being the theme for the RG, we wanted to spend some time on that. Stephen and I have both traveled physically and in our minds any number of different places, and so we're going to try to use that as to what our some of our cool experiences have been. But as you might imagine, it's not only have we really traveled there? It was kind of like geek travel, you know? So, um, Steve, do you have a, an opening, you know, a well, thing that you can't wait to talk about? What, uh, how did uh, this topic strike you? Well, where do, do we want to talk about things, places we've been to and the geek things, reasons why, or are places that uh, we still want to, but we've investigated? Um, I would say both. And also as a quick, you know, I know that this is, we're doing it live and we're recording it and so forth. And, but if there's anybody that really has, um, a wonderful con contribution to make that they'd like to chime in with. Please raise your hand. Please, if you have a dog, please make sure that they're currently uh, not going to be uh, taking us to Doggyville, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But uh, so here, I don't know. Um, let's, Start uh, off. What's the most geeky trip you've taken to some exotic place? Maybe not even a city, but some exotic place. So it's kind of, so a very good geeky place, for instance, is, um, so, and here's a quick frame. Um, Colleen and I have been seeing state capitals all of our married life. We went to Bar Harbor for Bahaba for our honeymoon. And on the way, so did I, my first Mont time. <laughs> Montpelier, which is the smallest of the state capitals. And I, and I kind of knew that from reading one of those like, you know, trivia books. Well, we loved it. I don't know if you've ever been there, but you it's its only like 4,000 people, but the capital itself is a perfect dome and a perfect like big sidewalk with stairs leading up to it and perfect gardens. And it just was beautiful. And we kind of said, you know, this is where every state kind of like shows off, puts its best foot forward. Right. We should see all the state capitals. And from that throwaway comment, like two days into our married life, three days in, we've now seen 48 out of 50. You proposed again, right? <laughs> right on I the guess. steps. <laughs> and, and the reason that it's cool, I guess, is because it has proven to be that, that state capitals are beautiful. And often it's kind of a nexus in the state for what other things the state likes to show off. So it'll be, you know, if you're you're, if it's a, a mining state, it'll be, here's some of the biggest mineral deposits and geodes we've ever pulled out up there in Wyoming. And if it's um, like, I, so where we've been to those various different things, it's also given us the excuse to travel all over the United States 
And so it's amazing that besides the cool, relatively respectable state capitals, all you have to do is start hitting the odd America sites and you can find out, well, that's within 100 miles of the biggest ball of twine. That's within, you know, the world's uh, biggest uh, freestanding gopher statue or whatever. <laughs> now, now you be. only mentioned the ball of twine because it's a Weird Al song. Because I know it's a Weird why. Al song. And see, that's part of what religious geekery is as well, is that, you know, all of these polyglot polymath things hit that weird al is, a, is he's like us he sees a cool reference and he says i'm just going to file that away so i can use it in a cool song later and then all the geeks will say i've been to the biggest ball of twine in minnesota <laughs> so having said that what's the coolest geekiest well, thing we were in new mexico and oh, nice. they have very cool it's a roundhouse capital it's really beautiful all kinds of art but nearby is los alamos and if you're looking for kind of a mecca for science tourism and geekery, I mean, Los Alamos is where the atom bomb was developed. And the people that gathered to do that, it was uh, the A-team, right? It was the greatest hits of the mid 20th century. So Enrico Fermi is there and uh, it's, and they've, they've captured it really beautifully. They have where they really lived and where those things really happened and a whole bunch of wonderful history compressed into this area. And we were just loving reading every placard on the wall and seeing like you know they didn't only create the atom bomb here's what they played softball because when you're under the incredible pressure like you're going to win the war if this works and we're not if you don't they needed to be able to bomb off some steam <laughs> you know what i mean so um now, we loved it there yeah. now i i haven't been to as many state capitals but we live very very close to gettysburg and for history buffs and geek nerds it's just a mecca of a mecca. so many cool and interesting things, not the least of which is my wife is very sensitive to otherworldly things. So we want to go back again and see oh if we can my. stir up some ghosts. Uh, I've talked a little bit about my Raspberry Pi project with the cameras and that. So we want to get <laughs> some catcher ectoplasmic yes. photography. I mean, yes. really, really? Yeah. yeah. We okay. want to, we want to go back and try some of that. So, I think, you know, travel as geek, it's not like, hey, we're going to go to this place and sit on the beach and go to the roller coasters. It's, hey, we're going to go and film ghosts in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's <laughs> where you start getting excited about it and people get interested as far as, you know, we're concerned. Right. Well, as you might imagine, I'm skeptical of all that kind of stuff, yeah. but I like going to places where okay, if there is anything here, maybe there's like an Edgar Allan Poe spookiness to it. Maybe there's an yeah. H.P. Lovecraft spookiness. And it's never happened for me. I've never felt a presence in the room. I've never felt a, a chill hand touch me or anything. And, I, and so my personal experience and my skepticism is high. <laughs> but still, I don't well, mind going to places that are supposed to be haunted because I guess why has it gathered all those stories? Is it because of it's a suggestible yeah. place? You know, is it, there has to be a place that they want to share? Oh, this is spooky. You'll feel it when you go in there. Eh. Well, <laughs> you know? that, we'll, have to, we'll have to revisit this at Halloween because I, I think uh, right. with slightly different opposing viewpoints, I think we could have a lot to discuss it on both sides. I think that'd yeah. be great once again. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I loved about Gettysburg, though, if you haven't been there in a while, they have this rotunda where they recreated in miniature the battle of gettysburg and they do a little presentation but it's it's speaking through the you know all around you and then they have uh, little flashes of light going off and they light up certain areas as they're telling the story so it gives it while it's a model it's not animated or anything like that it gives it that sense of motion and it gives it a sense of 
uh, things happening, even though it's very static. And it's I, I liked That's it for the smartly designed. Yeah, yeah cool. you know, I I enjoyed that more than I would have just some video presentation. It was. So I think that's a worthwhile trip and we're what, two hours away from it, three hours away from here or something like that. One of the ways in which I would embrace the Lost Cities theme is I love going to a, a, a place where there's a sense of time. So for instance, we've been to Dinosaur National Monument and you know, I know that the world isn't only 6,000 years old, it's 6 billion years old. And that, <laughs> you know, when you go to the Grand Canyon, you can walk the path that it'll tell you these rocks are 150 million and these are 160, 170. Right. And you really get like this, this carving by the Colorado River. It didn't happen in two hours. It happened <laughs> over the course of millions of years. So when we were at Dinosaur National Monument, there's a place where you can actually, it's not only the exhibits within the pool hall, it's that there's still dinosaur bones like in situ, I think, as they say, in the rocks. Right. You can walk yeah. on a path and like, well, how cool is this? Imagine being the guy. So first of all, you can go back hundreds of millions of years but imagine just going back 200 years and being the first guy exploring around here and stumbling onto one of these bones and going wait what is this yeah well <laughs> this is not a bison this is significantly bigger than let, any let me, ox i've ever seen <laughs> let me jump in there with two comments uh and this is totally different topics anyway uh one that that's what makes me laugh when people say oh we're ruining the planet no we're we're killing ourselves uh once we're gone the planet will recover because it's been here a long time and faced a lot of changes that's and when they say oh another layer on top of the yeah <laughs> we don't want to ruin this because that's the way it's always been no it's not always been that way anyway uh but saying that also makes me laugh but i'll forgive you you're lithuanian but uh that 200 years ago, that still may not have been the first person to see that. The Indian and Native well, Americans absolutely. may have been looking at it for 3,000 years or something. That's uh, right. So, and in fact, I often have thought that that's what, when you look at mythology, when you look at stories that are 10,000 years old, it's because those things were still be found and by relatively primitive peoples that they didn't have the language, they didn't have the concept of the way the world worked to be able to explain there were giants in those days <laughs> or there were gods or there were, do you know what I mean? So it, it, just what you said, it, it, we, Western explorers, Kit Carson-wise, were hardly <laughs> the first people to have stumbled onto something that was beyond explanation at the time. Right. You know what I mean? And really, yeah. like, ominous or awesome. Awesome in the old way of like, wow, this really is kind of like godly. I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> right. So, and, you know, there's all those places they found hieroglyphs. And they try and decipher them and it's like, well, you know, that just looks like an alien in a spaceship, <laughs> you okay. know, and so is it really or uh, is it some interpretation difference or, you know, so that's something if I was going to explore, I'd like to go see because as we've talked, I, I've done some backpacking, some hiking in the mountains, and it's the mm -hmm. weirdest thing to be on some trail in the middle of the woods up in a mountain, you come around a corner and there's half of a house. <laughs> It's like somebody used to live here. That's right. And we, we, same thing. We love finding ruins like that. And in fact, to, to jump around a little bit, you know, we've been, we love going hiking as well. And we've been to like, we, on one of our trips was arches and canyon lands. And it's a very interesting combination of there have been people in various different settlements there for a long time. So, and maybe not, let me think how to say this. Utah itself is loaded with those kinds of things. So you can go to Mesa Verde or and why is the name escaping me where there's like these are indian ruins that were once muchly inhabited but now they're abandoned you go to even further back a place called if i remember right like newspaper rock where for whatever reason people regularly gathered here and they put on their 
primitive, if you will, cave drawings, but it's outside, and you think, wow, like they really did have this is how they captured the hunt this is how they captured the, the harvest the wedding and and of course modern hieroglyphics someone had to put like you know al was here and maybe al plus color right. in the heart we didn't but you know what i'm trying to say and then i was like you know that's just so disrespectful that this thing was here for ten thousand years so, and they added this but it's kind of like in the big scheme of things right. it's exactly the same moment so <laughs> you know so what i mean <laughs> here's here's a thought i had and it leads to something we've talked about that goes with our theme how about okay i was going to say like the great serpent mound that we've got down uh, southern ohio ohio has them Dayton. illinois has them exactly yeah, yeah. so you don't want it, people ruining that but then you get stupid people that want to carve their initials in it well, all these kids are on digital stuff. Why don't they create an AR program to where you could snap pictures and digitally sign your name or stuff so you can put it up online and then you don't ruin what's right. there. There's no destruction. There's only addition, if you will. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. So that's a very good idea, actually. We, you know, we so. talked about this before um, that there are some places that you can do tours with VR or AR goggles on. And I think that's the coolest thing especially for I, of course i mentioned to some people and they're like yeah whatever so it's like okay so you're not a I big geek yeah. <laughs> but uh, like ravenna here ravenna's got a lot of history like 150 yeah. years and the some of the buildings are still like the same construction they haven't been demolished or changed so how cool would it be to put on some goggles so i can see around me and i don't step into the street right. but that it puts the buildings what they look like 150 years ago and i could see what those look like and i could walk around and with the technology we have it would like dress everybody i walk by in clothes in, from exactly. that period a shell on them exactly yeah and then you click a button and now you're at 1950 instead of 1850 uh you know i think that I would, would be love that myself yeah in fact, not only would i love to experience that but that's one of those things that I would love to be one of the people that is a good enough tour guide that they're able to do. Let's walk you around here. And that in their mind, they can picture, okay, this is before motor cars. So here's where the hitching posts were. And here's where the watering trough was for the horses. And here, you know what I mean? Like they could, just well, their ongoing description and patter would create so much extra information and sense of place. It would be a really cool, immersive experience. But, but it's also, if you got the goggles, we've got the tech, you could record it and it gets triggered by GPS coordinates. So it just tells you walk this way for, you know, so many feet and then it triggers another thing and you could explore exactly. it, you know in different ways you wouldn't have to take one guided tour it could be wherever you go certain things trigger yeah and uh, like think about that if it wasn't ravenna which is 150 years but if you took me to troy and they right. said here's what pompeii was like here's what troy was like here's what the you know that they really did kind of take you back to suddenly there are gladiators right. <laughs> in the arena suddenly there are you know like the, the, the senate is filled with romans and togas debating the the issues yeah. of the day that would be an amazing immersive and, and with the ai and getting 5g you could have interactive npcs that you're talking with just like a video game exactly and just think of that if at first you thought it was only like your um 
Let me think how to say this. You're watching, and then suddenly the thing started to interact with you. Some people would embrace it, and some people would be, whoa, right. whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know, so, like ghosts. I don't want this. I don't want people talking to me that aren't real. Right. <laughs> so, you, you know, you mentioned Troy. More than likely, we'd get a spear through us then. Exactly. Yeah. Any place where the word in the language for enemy is the same as for stranger, yeah, you'd be getting a spear in right. the chest. Exactly. And you mentioned Pompeii. Now, I you were talking about how you got the... We I've not yet been there, but that's high on uh, yeah. our bucket list of, you know. Have yeah. you watched some of the shows that are on some of those new streaming services that you've been looking at? No. Oh, man. Are, are there this, the kind of thing we're talking about where they're digging down and they're discovering in the midden, here's how they used to live and all yes, that. Yes. Pompeii has cool. been a hotbed lately for whatever reason, and they've discovered more bodies. They just discovered um, like a food vendor cart. And it still had the 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 a coloring on it and stuff, and oh, it, it was if it like, got flash buried by ash. It yeah, got amazingly preserved. See, right. that's very cool. And they wow. they found these bodies, and they had made up. Uh, here's what we think they are. But then they brought in teams that did X-rays, and they looked into it and tried to figure out how old they were. And like one was someone carrying a baby, and they you wow. know. And they, they found the one that they said, well, we thought this guy was such and such, but it turns out he was probably a servant carrying the household goods on his back. Um, wow. And they, they, because of technology, they were able to find that out. But I guess like a hundred years ago, somebody who discovered the bodies originally, they yeah. wanted it to be exciting. So they literally paper mache it and put sticks in there to change their posture so they could make up a story and interest tourists in it. Okay. So they're using technology now to find originally how it should have looked and, and exactly. been. a more authentic. Um, yeah. Tale. So, okay. you know, we talk a lot about tech and I, I think some of the cool things with tech is, is something like that, where we, because if you're unburying stuff and you're just using a sledgehammer and ripping it up, you, you miss some of the things. If those bodies had been destroyed even more, they wouldn't have been able to look at them now. So, you know, it's really cool with the, the tech, like even x-rays, which are fairly old yeah. for us now, yeah. being able to look into these bodies that are uh, basically, you know, turned almost into stone in places. Exactly. So. Here, I'll, I'll share this. You know, like I mentioned, when, when Colleen and I are getting ready to do one of our road trips, we love doing that because it's a very good combination of you're going to see a lot of the territory, but you can stop whenever you want to. And if you have a hotel that you know you're going to be staying at, you really could be on the road until 11 o'clock at night because you know you have a safe spot. So we've done things like the geeky part would be we're driving along and we're extending on doing something and then we see mini golf and we're like, eh. we just we're suckers for mini golf because it's a very cool human ingenuity thing you know what i mean like to see a little castle in the middle of where there shouldn't be a castle you know right. it's mini golf so that's kind of funny but we also <laughs> as i mentioned there's all kinds of fun guidebooks and websites and i've always been one of those people that loves reading about that and i have a little spreadsheet that's guiding our trip and it's not only like where are we going to stay and where's a good place to eat <laughs> it's also so we for instance we've been to the geographic center of the united states and of United States contiguous, United States, including Alaska and Hawaii, and North America. Nice. And so Belfouche, Belfouche, South Dakota, is a very nice, like, national park center where they have all the state flags and they have an exact compass point thing where this is that place. You really are. If take you, a picture. You take a picture there. <laughs> and, and I don't know, This who knows why this is, something about me with my symmetry or whatever. From this point, if I step in any direction, I'm heading towards the coast. 
Right. You know what I mean? That's kind of a cool concept. I, I love that. And when we, having said that, and how they really did it up in Belfouche, that was the, um, that was United States. You go up to the center of North America, and that's been rugby, uh, North Dakota. And where is that? It's an obelisk about 10 feet tall in a parking lot. And in that shopping mall, there's like a 7-Eleven and a nail store and a, I'm trying to think what the other thing was. You Hope know, the like aliens don't visit store. there. And it really was like, okay, we're here. Kind of a um, letdown, but we really, so, we really made it to the center of North America. So, so including all of Canada, you just have to go from South Dakota to North Dakota. That's kind of cool. Actually. You know why the obelisk is there though? Why? So that that's where God can balance it when he is playing around <laughs> so Stephen, you are so much my perfect shill i read a story on the wikipedia site that said the reason that they found that the center of um, north america was there was someone took a map like on wood and they balanced it on their finger and when they looked at it, it was perfectly balanced it was within like 10 miles of where the real geographic center that's, is that's pretty good how, how cool and smart is that you know what i mean if someone said i can figure this out without you know triangulating and exact you know latitude longitude and so i'm, I'm almost amused by you know enrico fermi having been able to figure out the magnitude of the first atom bomb explosion because he threw some piece of paper on the floor and they're showing how much they jumped and pulling out his slide rule, he figured it in within like 2%. And that's, think of how smart you are to be able to say, you know, what's the kind of rock that we're on to the concussion, we're this far from the site. And anyway, I just, you know, I I love geeking it up like that. We're, I'm trying to think what else we've, we had. Uh, so geographic center, um, for instance, we, I, we went to the Hemingway house which, you know, oh. Horace Hemingway wrote in Key West. Did you and, get something to drink? And, you know, <laughs> you can't help. Every bar around there has Hemingway's favorite right. cocktails and so forth. But this is very funny. One of the reasons I really wanted to see it was not only because it was Ernest Hemingway, because what is this house known for? Do you know this? It uh, has polydactyl cats. Really? They had oh. a tomcat that someone gave him as a gift that apparently was quite the successful It tom, was his name, Genghis Khan? You know, I guess, exactly. <laughs> and he was with every lady cat to where now the entire population in the neighborhood, and especially in this house, are cats that have extra fingers, extra awesome. toes, whatever you call them on a cat, you know what I mean? And they're still, they have the run of the house. They're kind of a protected species there. And and I know animals like me, they they like how I sound and move and smell. And so knowing the cats like spooked and ran away, I was able to give all <laughs> kinds of polydactyl cats like little scritches and even like hold a paw and really see there really are six that six beans here this is the coolest thing in the world so i don't know why but alan with polydactyl cats that sounds like somebody needs to make a haiku of that i mean just <laughs> i think it's named for a good rock band ladies and gentlemen alan and the polydactyl anyway yeah definitely um i haven't visited we've got a couple on our list like the winchester house that we want to go see as a matter of fact so yeah. does everybody know about this one it's where the heir to the Winchester Rifle Fortune built this house that has all kinds of crazy rooms that go off like walls that uh, doors that go don't go anywhere, things that are at weird angles and upside down and stuff, because she thought that the uh, way to bring the spirits to rest of all those who have been killed with the Winchester rifles was continue to add 
um, rooms onto this house. Right. Right. Is that that's pretty? I, I, yeah. I just she, under. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. But that's that's on our list to go to again. A supernatural element to it. Absolutely. <laughs> I will say this in my mind. What I was picturing was the house, like in Psycho, kind of nothing <laughs> around it, up on a hill. It's actually California has kind of absorbed Encroached. it. Encroached. Exactly. And so like right across the street is a Taco Bell. Do you know what I mean? It's that well, kind of neighborhood. Well, maybe the ghosts so that'll attract enough. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is very cool. Like as you're wandering around, you could see, man, if I didn't have a map, you could get lost in here so easily yeah. because things go off in no direction. And it's, it's, a, it's a, an unnerving place because it really isn't like, am I, this doesn't feel even. And yet, I don't know that it's true or not because things are, they're unnervingly different than you would expect from a regular house. Well, uh, you know, later this year, we've got plans uh, for a couple of writers conventions. I'm going to go to Uh, one of them's in Salem and one's in New Orleans. So there's some interesting sources for uh, tales and spookiness. I already wrote one story set in Salem. So I use Google maps and street view. So I'm actually going to go visit the places that I wrote about in the story. And like one of them was a tattoo shop and I'm going to go, by the way, is it okay if I use your tattoo shop in my story? Yeah. I mean, I I would imagine people would love to have that little bit of local color and that little bit of immortality by being mentioned in print. Yeah. Cause you know, cause you. you mentioned Hemingway, of course, my stuff's gonna be quite as big as his so yeah <laughs> you just have to be really sparse in how you write you got to get right to it you know yeah i don't know about that <laughs> so um i'm trying to think like we well oh wait so so when we go to new orleans uh yes. we have well first of all i want to visit the bar that they film uh, with ncis new orleans the one that scott bacula okay. plays piano at because i want to sit at the same piano that he has played uh, See, at least I, I like that where there's a place that's so famous but you can really go to it you right know what i mean I've, I've done that a couple times and new orleans must have multiple places it's been in any number oh, of movies God, where it's yeah. like you know the french quarter itself is you can remember where that was a scene like there's a gun battle in this one movie right. and that was exactly the port yeah you know, right well I, I i got a picture standing on bourbon street so I was pretty good there before, but we also found out about this bar, this pub that has literally been there for like 400 years or something like that. It's, it's considered one of the oldest still standing uh, places uh, in the U S. And so we want to go visit that. It's still mostly like it was then they've had to do things to keep it up and reinforce it and stuff. But overall, it hasn't changed in the four or so hundred years it's been been there. So that's just cool that this thing has been around for so long in our country, at least. Yeah, with that you same know. stew pot going. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? that but, they but, have the same batch of clam chowder or whatever going. Right. You know, <laughs> you're talking about you know the Coliseum and stuff. You know, we don't have anything to compete against that. But okay. this is at least something kind of cool. Yeah. In fact, this is, Colleen and I have done a little bit of literary tourism. You know, you're talking about places that you've, you've read about in books and so forth. So Colleen has always loved the Little House on the Prairie books. Right. And so we've been to any number of Laura Ingalls Wilder sites where it's like, not only here's where she wrote the books, but this featured into the books. Here's the place where they weathered a really tough winter. And this pantry was exactly really the pantry where they kept the supplies that like help them make it through where they weren't sure they were going to make it through. And here's the schoolhouse that she uh, taught right as a teenager or whatever. And so, and honestly, Colleen could speak wonderfully authoritatively (laughs) on this. And I've been kind of along for the ride, but I love that sense of 
this is from 200 years ago, 150 years ago, whatever. And here it still is. Right. You know what I mean? They built sod huts to last back then <laughs> or whatever the, the reference might be. You know, the, the one thing I remember from the Laura Ingalls books was I actually learned where the term horsepower came from because they talk about it in the one book where they, uh, something, they hooked like four horses up and it was going around to spin, move a something. I don't remember what, but okay. they actually said, we've got, we hooked the horsepower up or something like that. I'm like, oh my God, that's right it's where the word came from. Exactly that. This horse could turn this mill for this. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, when we've been to Biltmore House, um, one of the things we really loved was not only the opulence of where the, where the Vanderbilts lived, but it was um, still a working farm up to today and that they had actually had a whole bunch of um, early innovations like here's the perfect threshing machine they had people actually designing you know i love things where nowadays as we talked about with computers you can do pretty much any simulation you want and bring things to be back then you had to figure out if i'm going to run a machine over a field that's going to lift the plant up take the important germ seed off leave behind the chafe you know pick it apart so that i don't get it the fact that you can see this thing with a hundred moving parts and they all go and, and and that they were so brilliant as to how they made that work off of a little gas motor. <laughs> it's just the coolest well, thing. You know what I mean? And or or even doing, something manual by hand. And, and that too. You know what I mean? That that's um, you can turn a crank. Oh, for instance, uh, was it Biltmore House? I'm trying to think where it was. They had um, fans uh, ceiling fans everywhere that through an elaborate series of um, belts and um, power, they had every one of these fans in the house turning off of one central power source, one central you know, road motor running. And they figured that out without being, well, uh, you're not going to, you're not going to, uh, you don't walk under it and worry about it suddenly going to snap and take your head off. They really were already then about What's the strength of our materials? They understood rubber. They understood wood and the, the weight ratios of, and we're going to make it so that it not only does it work, but it's like beautifully silent and moves the right amount of air so that even in this era before air conditioning, it didn't become unseasonably ridiculously hot in North <laughs> Carolina. And so I just, it's again, kind of the lost cities in this case being that transport back to you know, we didn't get smart like in 1950 when computers were developed. Right. Human beings have been remarkably ingenious and um, creative for a long, long time. And I've, I've always loved evidence of that, and, you know, so. And something I, I mentioned to you before, I don't know if you've caught any of these shows. Uh, again, something cool with technology is there's a show, there's several like it, but the one I like is Draining the Waters. Have you caught that one? You mentioned you wanted to talk about this. And so yes. like things that were underneath and yeah. that were being revealed. Like the, the Colosseum of Rhodes or the Colossus of Rhodes. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they, the gate and the statues, they, they went diving underwater. They found pieces that they believe were part of this and they yeah. scanned it from like three gazillion different angles then they compiled it and put it together in computers like a jigsaw and then they put it up and with, you know, basically an iPad, he held it up and it drew it on top of the landscape that was there. And you could see how tall everything was and how right. big it to was. To span the entrance to a harbor, how tall yes. that had to yes. be. That's very cool. And, and some of the, yeah. the columns and stuff are still there under the water. 
uh, but no one can really get to them and they're spread out. Okay. And, and even some of the items, you know, they're worn, they're broken apart. They've, they've moved, which is why they scan so many things and then got it all pieced together. That's a really cool show. <laughs> Again, shows some really cool use of the tech. Um, yeah. And, and some of these new um, discoveries down in South America, especially they're using the, the drones with LIDAR and they fly over the jungle and essentially they show it and they'll show you very dramatically on the screen. Okay. Now we're going to get rid of all the plants vegetation. And then it just shows what's under it. And exactly. That's how and, they're and discovering like, all this. So here's you know, the Angkor Wat type thing where yes. this temple has been in the jungle for forever. And yet we didn't become aware of it until 1954 or whatever the real year was. I should. So, and there's gotta be those in the Amazon or in like impenetrable desert or underwater. And I know that I've seen that too, where they use satellite imagery to say, if we were trying to find out what the best possible um, place where ancient ruins would be, you'll look for where there's just enough difference in the shading of the earth that something probably was here it got buried but there's disturbances like you can look for graves that way you can right. look for you know old ruins that way and i i love that we are able to do such in all that data that we're collecting we found ways to process it to give us the next hints towards let's find out where this mighty river once flowed because it doesn't flow there anymore right you know that's <laughs> and and you know Indiana Jones would really be a different person today. <laughs> Wouldn't be as exciting to be a hacker. You know, I, I read um, a ton of pulps when I was growing up. And, um, you know, so they're like, they, they were very cheap magazines. They were kind of contemporaneous with comic books and predecessors to paperbacks, if you will. But one of the things that was fascinating to me about comic book about, about pulps was they the world was not a fully explored place. When you read Doc Savage or um, Operator 5 or um, any any kinds of uh, exploring the world type series, they really had not been in every jungle. They hadn't been you know, down deep in the ocean. They hadn't been in deep into the deserts. And so again, to embrace the Lost Cities thing, you know, everybody's heard of Tarzan, you know, and, and the various different lost cities that he interacted with, the jewels of Opar or whatever. Doc Savage had discovered a city in Central America that was a source of the gold that he used for his adventures in a fake country called Hidalgo, as I recall. And But then as you read those things, it's amazing how many of those things that were only speculation, you come to find out, well, there really is a city like that. It just isn't exactly where they thought it would be, that there's a whole underground complex and they really did eat mushrooms to stay alive. Or there's like, where did this exotic creature go? You know, all it has to do is stay away from humanity. <laughs> and, you know, as long as it doesn't suffer habitat loss, that's why we're still finding, didn't they just like made it, find a Tasmanian tiger for the first time when they thought it was extinct for the last 40 years or something I, There have like been that? a couple things recently. A couple things like that. And so I like... And this is so that was the pulps, which was like, let's say, 30s to the 50s. It's cool to read about what they were thinking the world was going to be like then. And then after a while, you start to say, OK, then they had satellites and then they had air travel and, and the world got smaller, if you will. <laughs> but then once in a while, you read a story of like, here's this cave that has huge crystals in it. Have you seen this picture of a guy sitting amongst crystals that are as big as him? And they had never discovered it before. Wow. So there are still wonderful Indiana Jones level 
miraculous discoveries to be made. It, One of the reasons that we love going to the Banff Mountain Film Festival every year is because they keep on saying, here's the world's biggest sinkhole. What's at the bottom of this? And then they'll like take you on a journey. And I love that kind of stuff. So that That is one of the things. We always talk about our love of technology and some of the great things it's doing. But that is one of the things I think it has harmed us a bit is it takes away some of that sense of wonder and mystique. Uh, we don't ha use our imaginations as much. And visiting, doing these trips, visiting some of these ruins, some of the ancient cities, or even watching some of these shows and seeing it sparks our imagination and our wonderment and mystery gives you a little bit of sense of that. You know, the world, the universe really is big. There's a lot out there that we may not know. And, and it's funny you mentioned the pulps. That's the exact reason I read all the science fiction from like the thirties. Uh, you know, it's that exactly. time frame. Yeah. And sometimes it wasn't only speculation. It was like, okay, we've discovered that there really are things that like, fluoresce under ultraviolet light and even they didn't understand fully how they did it they started to speculate well how could this be used for spy craft how could this be used is there a like when they found out that aspirin did it it was like well what's special about aspirin is it you know and i i loved reading some of those first uses of now that we have jet planes what what will that do to have people that it used to take an ocean voyage of two months and now they can get across it in six hours or whatever right. else it might be it's kind of like as we approach teleportation, that was their first taste of what if there's more than enough energy for anything? What if time is not a factor? How does it affect people, business, empires? It was very cool to have them speculate, you know, wow, if a war is fought on the basis of information and you start to have that someone has air superiority, meaning not only enough planes in the sky, but they have a perfect map of the battlefield and the other one has the fog of war, you know who's going to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's <laughs> so <laughs> I it, I've always loved that kind of speculative stuff, I guess. And we have had um, really good luck with when we're out on our journeys. It isn't even that we have to have the AR and the VR goggles and so forth on just having a phone in your hand where I think I might have mentioned the story. We were driving down to Marietta back and forth because Colleen had a couple clients down there. And we love those brown signs along the ways that say there's a point of interest. We saw the big musky bucket. And it's like, yes, what the heck is that? Is it like a, so my speculation was, all right, there's um, streams that come together and they, they kind of have a perfect breeding ground for muskies, fish. And so the bucket is this like basin, if you will, where there's a lot of muskies. Right. Nope. You look it up on your phone and you find <laughs> out that Archer Daniels Midland, long ago, when they were doing clear cutting to be able to do mining, they had huge earth moving equipment. Huge. 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 Like, like house big, you know, not quite city big. Well, there were some things that were so big that after you were done with it, the amount of money that it would cost to clean up after yourself wasn't the best economic decision. So the big musky bucket is one of those big shovel jaw things from a big earth mover that they just decided to leave behind and how big is it they have like a photo of the local high school's marching band all fitting into the big musky bar right <laughs> that's how big it is so but i love the fact that instead of just seeing that sign and saying who knows what that is one day we'll go exploring when we read Let's about that it. it was like oh, we gotta see this this yeah. is the coolest thing in the world and we have had extraordinary luck with driving along and going wait a minute, I always loved Louis L'Amour when I was growing up reading all those Westerns. This is where he wrote them? Yeah. And we go and see the Edgar Allan Poe place or the Louis L'Amour place. And we've, again, had very good luck with 
the whim because of being able to like do a little bit of research beforehand or just be sitting there at a subway and look over and say what are those big green legs over there and you find out that it's the jolly green giant statue it's like we didn't have that on our radar but we're game and so i i love the fact that between technology and our sense of curiosity like and it's kind of funny i don't mean to keep pounding on the lost cities thing but i think that's what you have to have is a sense of curiosity and exploration and I wonder what what does that mean? What's over there? Yeah, as as there's another hill to go over. There's another corner to go around. Still and do a little more exploring. You know? Still being able to see the world around you with that wide-eyed stare. Yeah, yeah. I I have a story. It's not my own. I believe uh, it was in Stephen King's On Writing. Um, he, him and his wife were out. I don't remember the hotel off the top of my head, but they stopped at a hotel earlier in the day he had this idea for a story he wrote it down on a napkin shoved it in a pocket and he couldn't get it out of his head all day so he got out of bed middle of the night and went to the desk clerk and said hey could i is there some place i could write for a couple hours and the guy pointed him this back stairwell on like the second floor landing between or not the floor but like the little area between landings Mm -hmm. there was a desk (laughs) and it was just right there and he said go ahead and use that supposedly it was the desk that rudyard kipling died at while writing and stephen king was like in awe like oh my gosh really this is the desk i'm gonna sit at and write but i i wonder if they still have it there because obviously it had been there for a long time that's like you said one of those little things you may not plan it but you know how cool is it that rudyard kipling sat not only sat and wrote at this desk he died here. That's again, supernatural, a little weird, Um, but it's those little things. You know, I keep, I tell the kids all the time, you guys are not building a life and a story by sitting in your bedroom, watching videos. You know, what are you going to tell people? Oh yeah. The one day I really stubbed my toe bad, (laughs) you know, where you could say, well, we stopped at this hotel and I wrote something sitting at the desk that Rudyard Kipling wrote at. Was also at exactly. And, you know, it's and it's not <laughs> like paying a hundred dollars to go to a roller coaster park. You know, it's right. at a hotel on a landing because people don't give it as much care, and yeah. I, that's sad in many ways. You know, I, Colleen and I really raise reasons that we are a very good couple is first a. We can't hear a mention of Rudyard Kipling without one of us saying to the other, do you like Kipling? I don't know. I've never Kippled. So anyway. There's probably four or five people saying that. Of course. I, but, you know, for those who hadn't heard it, I had to inflict it on you. I'm sorry. The We're both very game. You know, like I said, our favorite vacations have been our driving vacations because we've had such luck with oh, yeah. the coincidence of, let's check that out. Why not? And it turns out to be there's a cool dinosaur skull in the back of a library or something like that. Like, for instance, we went to Punxsutawney and we we're it wasn't February um, 1st. And so we weren't expecting to see the you know reading of the weather and stuff like that. But while we were in Punxsutawney, they said, well, you, you know where they are in the off season. They're over there in this library. And it wasn't just Punxsutawney Phil. It was Philomena because they have to keep making more Punxsutawney. <laughs> right. Crews. It's like it's like the jolly Ro- or uh, the dread pirate Ro- uh, Robert <laughs> like that, that there's an, an inheritance that goes <laughs> right. on there. But it was very cool to see here they are. I mean, these are really the authentic, you know, famous from Groundhog Day movie. And and they're like, it's a very comfortable little terrarium of a place. You know, they've got all the vermiculite they need so they can build their little nest and and do 
you know, groundhog things, <laughs> but it was just very cool to be, and, and we actually really love that. Some part of how we've had very good luck is we tend to not go when everyone else is there. We don't travel in the summer when the families are there and everybody is like, oh, no, there's more crowds and litter and noise and whatever else it might be. Yeah. By traveling in the collar seasons, you can go and see things and have kind of a more personal experience of it. And also the people that are there that really are the knowledgeable, interesting caretakers, they often, they're so happy for company. So yeah, I we went to, um, you know, like I said, state capitals. We're in Des Moines. We, we find out that they have apparently a very nice library. Well, we're, we turn like the corner to go down the hall to the library, and the library <laughs> doors are like two and a half stories tall. Okay, you know, you're, you're hoping this is going to be really cool. You open these doors, and it's like the doors to Oz. Like, all, everything outside was black and white, and it's the most beautiful library you can imagine. It's like six stories tall, and wow. it's got the spiral staircases that go up amongst endless shelves, and it goes off into the distance, and all this, like, cool stuff. And if you're a library lover, it was just beautiful. Like you, all of a sudden you want to get quiet because you're like, this is just like a church. This is a cathedral of learning. It's the coolest yeah. thing. Well, we walk up and say, you know, we love these kinds of places. And because we were there, the only people there, <laughs> I said, would you like to see some cool stuff? It's like, Heck yes, yeah. yes, we would actually. <laughs> so they take us and they open up the secret bookcase and open it and you could step out onto a balcony where from you're looking at the capitol and the library building from the outside there's a frieze of various different like um godly figures in concrete oh. that are all standing there well you're on the balcony behind them so you're looking out of the armhole from underneath the guy with his you know arms akimbo over the, ca the capitol oh, wow. grounds and like i don't know what what did we get you know, one out of a thousand, one out of no, how many people even know that exists, much less get get the, the cool tour of it. Yeah. And we've just had, I, I, without, I don't, I never mean to talk too much. We've had such good luck by just being a little bit of talk to the people that are there, show that you're interested and fun and cool. Yeah. And they like, would you, you know, just that we'll give you the special they, tour of the cave. We'll they usually the love what the they do. Yes. It's, it's just, and I don't I, know. And we also, we don't look like desperado. You know, we're like standard. <laughs> well, everybody Western wears couples. a mask now. So <laughs> That's well, right too. I've had yep. that <laughs> argument with my cousin because a lot of times I'll pull up the GPS and I'll turn off, you know, don't put me on toll roads. And he's like, well, that's going to take 40 more minutes. Well, no, it might actually take an extra hour or two, depending <laughs> on what I see on the way. Yeah. And there was a place out West I stayed at. It was a campground. Okay. But it was like Jellystone. It looked like the Flintstones. It had a car. <laughs> it had houses. It had a dino slide. Uh, it was made to look like the Flintstones. Mm -hmm. the, the kind of weird thing is I saw in the news a couple of years ago, it had been closed and abandoned and they were getting ready to like get rid of it unless somebody bought it. And I'm like, oh man, oh, it's no. just that, that memory of being there. And now no one will get to do it, you know, but yeah, that was one yeah. of those weird little things, you know, you're in the Flintstone city. Exactly. It's, you know, I, I wonder how much, of course, COVID-45 has had all kinds of impacts on restaurants that couldn't stay open, all kinds of places. I wonder how much like a family campground like that, that depends on a certain amount of tourist business and then tourism shut down for a year. I sure hope that enough of them 
are, are going to be open, or at least they were preserved, that they didn't just like the rain got in and now everything is destroyed. You know, yeah. I really would love well, it to be that this wasn't a, a destructor. Because we go things. camping quite a bit. A lot of them were actually open last year, but there were rules that you had to stay within your camp area. Your you could. Campsite, they had exactly. they had the store closed. They had the swimming pool closed. They had the you know uh, playground closed. You know, right. stay in your area anywhere where you could be part of the swapping. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So of course, then everybody starts drinking. So that went out the wayside. <laughs> <laughs> do do we want to see if anyone else has anything any places they've been exactly any any contributions or any questions you know part of barting doing the cool live podcast is it's not just steven and i anyone yeah. colleen what's been your favorite experience that we've done do you have any favorite any cool memorable thing that i have neglected to mention <laughs> i'll say one thing about doing 48 capitals in 48 capitals, we have never once seen a governor at work in his office. <laughs> and that's true. <laughs> you should have taken pictures of 48 empty governor chairs. Empty seats. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a collection. You could have done a book, put a, a picture book out. <laughs> we have, because we've often been there. Like, it's kind of funny, all kinds of states, they don't have their officers uh, their representatives in session the entire time so a whole bunch of new england states it really is like they're in session maybe three months out of the year and then they're like fixing and able to tour in the meantime so we could go right into the cool house chamber and i was able to stand at the main speaking lectern and orate you know what i mean so we have all, bunch, all kinds of cool pictures that didn't involve a set pushing a senator aside we just kind of got to have the run of the building and again maybe because we're not know like little kids running around maybe spilling ink wells or spilling ink here or something like that they they all seem to let us be okay everywhere but new jersey new jersey really was like what are you doing in here it's like wow uh we're touring we're tourists well <laughs> we that's were really suspicious you that's funny I mean? because the oh, one man. thing i remember about new jersey through all the different travels i have done is when you fly into new jersey you're, they're saying, okay, we're coming down to our descent. And you know, you still have like 40 miles or something like that. Okay. And you look out the window and for the whole 40 miles, it's all tract housing. <laughs> so that's right. my impression <laughs> of New Jersey. It's just like, I don't know, I'm done, I think. Yeah. One of the, in fact, it's funny, before we were, Colleen, of course, knowing that, that we were going to be doing this conversation, one of the things she wanted to mention, wanted me to mention was, so there we are, Dinosaur National Monument, and as usual, you know, they have park rangers there and so forth, and we were having a wonderful conversation with the lady who was the answer woman, and, and we talked about, we had taken the walk and seen the bones and all that kind of stuff, and one of her great comments that is pretty much our life is, you know, if you're bored in this world, uh, you just don't so you're I'm, not I'm paying attention you're not paying attention <laughs> yeah exactly because there's wonder to be found everywhere a little calvin and hobbesy sounding you know what i mean like just that, if you just take a walk and you don't appreciate it it's spring these things are blossoming or here's you know what made this hole you know what i mean there's and and we, when we're in the middle of saguaro so you know national park and they're like wow this really is like a little owl or an ocelot or something lives in this cactus here and you know, all the different ecosystems that we've seen and the different scents, when you're in the middle of a deep pine forest, it's just so calming and so ancient in a way. It smells like th this place doesn't believe what you were saying. This place doesn't require any humans. This place would be doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> you all died off. Well, you know what I, I mean? <laughs> I, I have a relative and I'm not going to mention names. It's not Dan. or so, But 
that I go to places with and uh, like uh, at uh, Hale Farm when they do the Civil War reenactment was okay. an example. Yes. We went there and I'm like looking at everything. I want to touch what I can. I want to read stuff and all of that. This particular relative, like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Okay, well, we're done. Let's go get something to eat. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? You know? we're, I'm just starting to yeah. read all the placards. I, yeah, a whole yeah. bunch. <laughs> it, it, it's not that, uh, okay, well, I'm here. Great. Mark it off the bucket list and leave. You know, it's like I'm embracing it. I'm enjoying it. You know what? Yeah. It opens at eight. So let's get there at eight. Yeah, Ray. Hold on. I've been in uh, art museums where people are taking pictures of the art. <laughs> you know, we've been we've we've been on a hike where someone came up to Colleen and said, "Look at this cool picture I just took." And he was like, "You mean the view out that window right over there that I can see and absorb and, and love?" So it is an odd thing that that things only get like real when people capture them nowadays instead of their sensory yeah, capture, if you will. I don't so, think it's Hemingway. I forget who it is, but isn't there a poem something about taking a seashell off the beach? And how it reduces its magnificence and glory by putting it on a bookshelf. I, I I saw a poem. I'd have to look it up again. It's been years. That's a very nice sentiment. We we tend to never do that. You know what I mean? We, right. we have our memories and we take pictures of everything because we love to have the memories be the trigger for remember where we so we were on Harney Peak. What is Harney Peak's distinguishing feature? It's the tallest point in between the Rocky Mountains and the Apennines in Europe. Like not the Appalachians or the Adirondacks. And so it's one of those, you can walk all the way to the top. And then there's actually a little um, a structure on top where you can take a ladder up and you can be like the highest thing and get the entire vista looking all the way around. And I think now I just read um, that it's now not going to be called Harney Peak. It's going to be called Black Elk Peak because uh, it's another one of those places that is, um, if not sacred Indian land. It's very much in the Black Elk Wilderness, which we wandered through by reading the map wrong. <laughs> Let me just mention that. And so that's where I almost like got well, hypothermia and Colleen saved me. But the fact that like, what's what a cool artifactal fact is that yeah. I'm on the highest thing between the Rockies and Europe. You know, I mean, that's a really cool and thing. You're taller than Colleen, so she didn't even get that distinction to be able to and say that's true. that. I was the tallest thing in South Dakota at one point. You know what I mean? Now, that, that, I love that they changed the name, but at least it wasn't something like, you know, Walmart Point or something like that's that. Boy, it, what if someone had bought the naming rights? Yeah. You know, exactly that. This is going to be Chipotle Park. No! You know? Yeah. So we, uh, another thing that we've, and bear with me. I had a thing I wanted to mention. Sorry, I'm, I'm lost it now. Um, another one of those fun coincidences. Where were we? I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm blanking. Um, ah, it's a good one too. You know. Oh, we we had one of the uh, after we had talked about. You know, we're at 48 out of 50 state capitals. We only have Alaska and Hawaii to go to, and then we've been talking about like what's an interesting next goal. You know, do we want to see all the highest places in each state? Do, is there anything we, we should expand, of course, outside of the United States? And where do we want to go? And one of the things we talked about was doing like an objects of power tour. Like, oh, cool. Don't you want to see the books of Kel? Don't you want to see the crown jewels? Like we were in Austin, Texas. And only when we were there did we discover that they have a Gutenberg Bible at the University of Texas. Wow. We did not get a chance to see it. But 
Gutenberg Bible. I mean, that's, that's like the start of movable type. That's yeah. the, the start of knowledge. Now, now if they actually had in, oh, in a very like everybody can get to it way instead of only the upper echelons right. and and yeah, and the priesthood and the and scientists. You know what Texas. I mean? <laughs> and it, now, and yeah. <laughs> if they had a working Gutenberg press, now that would be something cool. And still printing off Bibles, yeah. you know that that would be pretty cool. Yeah. But, but it's, I, I love the fact, so having said that, so we were at the annual gathering in Boston and, and we've had, uh, there's two quick stories here. At one point when we were doing our, we did a loop from the annual gathering in Portland that we went like to uh, Yellowstone and back around, we found ourselves in Spokane, Washington. And it's like, okay, it's a cool big city, but I don't know much about it. I often get the um, alternative newspaper. That's where they have the cool music and comedy and restaurant listings. And we find out that there is a Leonardo da Vinci exhibit at one of the local um, uh, museums. And like, well, he's only the most Menson of Mensons ever. <laughs> he's the incredible polymath of all time. He just knew everything and did everything. And so you go to this place and they have artwork of his and like not only from his codices where they have the pages where he designed things they had created the things that he had designed so here's the first oh. image of what could be a submersible here's a perpetual motion machine maybe you didn't get that one exactly right <laughs> but the fact that you were just in the middle of this room full of genius and and totally unexpectedly and i just i love the fact that if i hadn't happened to pick up that magazine and we were like before we leave town right. we're not missing this we're going here that's one of those little things that <laughs> yeah. people miss and so similar to, to kind of tie this all together, we were in Boston, we read about that their local museum there has uh, there's a copy of the Magna Carta there. And there's oh, a copy cool. of a working version of the Constitution and of the Declaration of Independence where they had like margin notes. You know, those things didn't spring from <laughs> Little one brilliant person's mind. Yeah. They had to like hammer them out between many discussions between brilliant and stubborn men. And so you walk into this place and like, here's the Magna Carta, which is in Latin. And so they have the translations <laughs> wow. of it. But then you see like, here's the translation of the first time that it says a man has the right to face his accusers. Like these things that are Wow. incredible bedrock foundation things for how the rule of law works and now they were was was it 12 16 i'm sorry that i'm an idiot i don't know that's, this exact that's what was again about right 12 15 12 15 oh you're off that's pretty, good. Yeah. I was pretty close but like to be in this room and things are like humming with power you know what i mean yeah that, and you don't believe in the supernatural oh, al come on but you just said that it's but it, it, i didn't feel <laughs> benjamin franklin's presence there it just was how formative how beautiful that these yeah. things have survived time from what i understand there's like a dozen magna cartas that can go around the world they have some tour and some stay in state but that they're you know they made copies because when it was first done the the, the agreement forged between king john and all the barons they had to send that word out to the right. land so that we would know there's a, a new state of laws here <laughs> and so the fact that those have survived for 800 years is very cool and then of course the very particular american things like to see so is that like, you know, James Monroe's handwriting in the margin there? It's just very cool to again get that cool sense of history and of contribution and of connectivity. Oh, I don't know. I didn't want to leave. Yeah, I mean, that was would like, be you cool. Know, oh my God, it was beautiful. <laughs> so, well, here I got a small trip for you and it's pretty close to Dayton if no one's been there. Cross the border, go over to Point Pleasant, uh, West Virginia. That's where they have the Mothman Festival every year and they have a giant uh, silver Mothman statue. So you oh can go my. get your picture with it. It's it's very one large. Ones that there's been many, many sightings and it's yeah. like it's kind of unexplainable. And so but, you know, I don't know, I I've been to Metropolis, Illinois, 
like nice. it's kind of funny as a, and i don't mean to be the shill tomorrow i'm doing a talk about comic book lost cities and he's my oh, yeah. metropolis is superman's home but there really is a metropolis in illinois and they really do have a statue of superman there and they they found an, a very interesting balance between not just cashing in and having oh here's your superman corn dog and here's your superman <laughs> bath towel and that instead they actually have fun with it and reverence for it and they've as a small town managed to kind of make it entertaining well hey of, that you know, i goofy. would go so yeah it's really cool <laughs> well speaking so. of the corn dog right down the road from this giant silver uh, mothman Boss statue Man. Yeah. is hillbilly hot dogs <laughs> okay now i've not been there it's so, on our list but, is that made out of like varmint meat like you don't know what's well in there. let's put it this way we were driving by and we look over like wow that really looks like someone's gonna come out with a chainsaw and kill us there's like people on the porch but i wonder if they're like looking at us sizing us up there was a car stuck on a pole and we went what the heck and then we saw a sign that said hillbilly hot dogs i literally like had to stop the car i'm like that's a serious restaurant. I thought it was like some rundown shack. That's hilarious. And uh, what's his name? Guy Fieri from Diner Drive in the Dive. He's been there. So okay. he didn't die. Um, <laughs> there wasn't like banjo music in the background and you were spooked well, or anything like that. That's the okay. first thing we all did. We all started going. Dan, 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 you know, exactly. Because you know the guy's on the porch. You know, he's right oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they, they really like make it, you know, as hillbilly as they can and they em embrace that so there you go you got to add the mothman statue and hillbilly hot dogs to any travel list yeah that's any. sorry the um one of the things that we've noticed is the um a lot of the guidebook i'm trying to say this you know if you look at fodors and fromers they'll have important stuff they'll have historic and etc cetera, etc cetera. but for instance we've been to the frank frazetta museum yeah. You know what I mean? I really love his artwork. You, you would have seen it from like the, you know, uh, Molly Hatchet cover, a whole bunch of creepy and Conan. The 60s covers, Conan the Barbarian, exactly that. And there's actually his son runs a museum in the wilds of Pennsylvania. I think it's like <laughs> kind of towards. Um, so where's the Baseball Hall of Fame? It's like kind of heading towards there. And we had a wonderful time because again, we were there like midweek no, and it was a Monday. It was not supposed to be open. We were in our hotel and I called over and said, you know, we drove all this way to see you guys. And he goes, Hey, if you buy something from the gift shop, we will turn the lights on and open up. Well then, because they weren't supposed to be open, we kind of had Frank Jr. <laughs> and his wife to ourselves. And they just gave us the most delightful family tour, not only of course of the artwork, but like him sharing stories about, about his father nice. and, and, and a little known fact about frank rosetta he actually had a big heart attack a stroke and he learned to paint with his left hand having been right-handed all of his life wow. so much that he could create things that were still really good frazetta artwork and like think of how your mind is that mighty so artistic are you that you can use your offed hand and still create things of beauty I mean, wow. my offhand looks like I'm five. You know what I my, mean? It's all stick figure terrible. My dominant <laughs> hand looks like that. Really? I guess me too. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not that much different, actually. You know, the reason, one of the reasons I love doing crossword puzzles is because I can do it in all caps and I can handle precise lettering like that. My cursive looks like, oh boy. <laughs> I, I have, I've always said that's why God invented word processors. <laughs> to, to get rid of, you know, my bad handwriting for being right. how my paper always got marked out. 
brown or whatever. The, the exactly. only thing I look like a doctor is I may not be a doctor, but I write like one. One of the things that Colleen and I are talking about doing when we're in retirement is we love not only doing this kind of travel, but there's various different cities that have wonderful concentrations of cool stuff. And so you don't want to go there for a weekend. You want to go to Washington, D.C. for like two, maybe three weeks and yeah, every day definitely. go to the Capitol and the and the all the various like I want to go to the Museum of the Mint. I want to go to the Spy Museum. I want to go to the Museum. I think that actually just closed, which is so unfortunate. Uh. But just by getting into Toronto, for instance, once we got like the city pass and we were like, let's go to their natural history museum. Let's go. It, yeah. we, we have this vision of probably a dozen different cities where Philadelphia has lots of history. So does Boston. So does Washington. Let's go to San Francisco and they have, you know, and let's go like, um, Florida has, why in the world do they have a Salvador Dali museum? But they do. And they have a comic book museum. And so what a cool combination. And there's a Chihuly glasswork exhibit. And as you do a little bit of these things, you start to find those concentrations, those nexus. It's like, I kind of want to go there and not see as much as I can in two days and rush through everything. Right. I want to take a week and know that if I find a place really wonderful, I'll go back the next day and capture all the stuff that I didn't feel like rushing through. And so I think we're going to become that, that, you know, we're going to have to learn how to, I don't know, uh, alarm the house well enough that we can be gone for two or three weeks at a time, you know, and right now, of course, what's our best alarm system, our house's appearance, <laughs> you know what I mean, we don't look like, hey, bust in here, there's treasure, we look like you're standard Midwest. <laughs> yeah, we've already been hit exactly. well well do what we do just live out in the boondocks where all your neighbors houses look just as bad nobody wants to drive out there and exactly bother. Yeah, slim pickings when you get yeah. out you know off of 59 or whatever like right. that but i i i think that that's a very cool idea of there's so many cool things i know you go to and it's not only like the united states history in philadelphia isn't that also where they have like the mutter museum of birth oddities is that the title of it you really I mean? yeah I've, and like i again i don't think i'm a oddities. master medical, medical oddities thank you i'm not a master of the grotesque but the fact that somebody put a whole collection of carousel horses or medical oddities or mustards or i just love we, we were out in marietta and went to a dollhouse museum and it was like the most shirley temples that i've ever seen in one place <laughs> and it it's kind of cool the overwhelm of it and the obsessive nature that led to that thing being collected over the course of time and they put it into a nice environment so you really could enjoy it sometimes they're i guess it can be a little bit weird if it's a little cluttery or whatever but I just, I like to honor people that this is their life's work. That's really kind of a cool thing. Even if it's a little obsessive, like I said, you know, <laughs> there's still something about that. That's it's, I like to, um, uh, I don't know, acknowledge that the work they did did not go wasted. I'm, yeah. I'm there. I'm seeing well, it. <laughs> that, that made me think of uh, the Motown Museum up in Detroit. Okay. Uh, that's another, you know, obviously Motown had a bit of an impact. <laughs> and absolutely. There is an amazing bassist, James Jamerson, that played uh, every time you hear a Motown tune and it's just got this really kick ass bass line, it's probably James. It's that guy. Um, exactly. And then the Henry Ford Museum, where I almost got arrested. Um, what because, did you do that would have brought that about? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say. They put the barriers between you and the car that Kennedy got shot in for a reason. There you go. <laughs> so we'll just say Whereas that. you can go into the bus that Rosa Parks refused to move to the back of the bus oh, and that's sit cool. in her seat. 
and tell me that's not an object of power. Tell me that's not a place of power. That, it's very cool to be there for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, heck, I live eight miles from Kent State, and there's still a sign that has a bullet hole in it from that shooting. Oh, so, I mean, I've exactly. been like an inch from it. It was like, well, I could stick my finger in it and touch it, but I almost <laughs> didn't want to. It didn't feel right, you know. That's, like I said, you know, we've had such good luck about that like going to the ford museum i wasn't sure what we'd be getting into but then you'd be like wow this this really is the bus it's not like a recreation it's not and other places we've been you know sometimes as you know history isn't pretty so you'll find here's the gun that was used here's the dog that was set on somebody you know what i mean sometimes it's balto where here's the dog that brought diphtheria medicine and saved a bunch of people so it's 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 worth seeing that capture of history i guess no matter where we've been um anyway uh, we went to a, a cool place in oregon that was like the oregon trail museum and a little bit of what you made mention to earlier it's all static dioramas but they really captured what it would have been like to be going through the badlands be you know where you had like two sets of clothing and you had to like wash them and alternate between <laughs> you didn't have a wardrobe you know here's here's the i i it really had a great uh, sense of this was not easy pioneers really were amazingly hardy people you know what i mean to and, and to have done this with like we don't know what's at the end of the trail we hope we'll be able to <laughs> right. get land build a farm create a new life but that that amazing either optimism or desperation that led people to be Sooners or Oregon Trail people or California Gold Rush people. It, it That's kind of much of how the United States got built. When we've been at the Lewis and Clark Museum, it really was kind of terra incognita all to the West. And you're only in like St. Louis or in Jefferson City, right. as I recall, right? The whole West was still to be found. <laughs> that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so the Oregon <laughs> Trail Museum, did they like show all the people that died of dysentery? They had references to that, that, that it was, well, you know, this many people didn't make it. You the, know what the, I mean? <laughs> this so, is beyond your time, but I don't know, you know about the very video popular game. That was a kids standard game. way to die in the yes, Oregon Trail, right, right, one okay. of the very earliest, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> computer games, not a video game, a computer game, exactly. Yeah, kid, <laughs> and, and heck, that thing still comes back. You can get it on iPad and they just released a new version and they're making a cartoon now or something. Right, just like Zork, you know what I mean? Zork's yes. text adventure it never goes away. It gets repackaged. Yeah. One thing I remember about the Oregon Trail Museum, do you remember this, Colleen? It was on the top of a hill. And it was so windy that you were getting pushed around. Mm -hmm. And, and that, so that was a big capture of. So imagine being in that kind of wind across wow. the prairies for days at, on end, just getting at the, the dirt and dust is getting into everything. And you can't really catch your breath. And you can't even like yell at each other because the wind carries it away. And it was very, um, I guess it was an unexpected on their part or un unintended, maybe is a better way to put it. Like, wow, I'm really experiencing a little bit of what it would be like to be like you're naked to the elements you really could right. die out here you and know? you could still go back to a heat. car right <laughs> so okay um i think we might have done our hour is that correct no, do we have any other never contributions questions um, um one thing yes please so steven you mentioned at the beginning about um alan needs a haiku about um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put one in the chat. Okay, great. That, if that worked. <laughs> well, 
You are the sweetest. Oh, oh my God. I'm so lucky to have married you. Thank you awesome. very much, my love. <laughs> we'll have to post it on the website. I can, we'll have to make shirts out of it. We're always talking about all oh the shirts God, we should make. counted correctly. I did see a reference to haikus are one of the few art forms where you're not just enjoying the art of it, you're always counting to make sure they got it right. <laughs> we, we, we need to get Relentless Geekery t-shirts with that haiku and a, a six-fingered cat. There you go. Exactly. A little <laughs> with, the, with the, the, you know, the beans out, not the claws, because yeah. they, they really, they were my total friends. They were so cuddly. It was, <laughs> and, and honestly, so I'm sorry, everyone. We have been mostly paying attention to faces and noises and stuff like that. There have been some very nice um, contributions uh, uh, to the chat thing that we didn't really bring up. So uh, very thank you very much for the Black Elk Speaks reference. Thank you to somebody else who has been to the big musky bucket, someone that grew up near Winchester House in San Jose. Honestly, I feel bad for now not having pulled people into discussion. And thank you for the contributions. But thank you very much. It's been really sweet. Thank you, everybody who attended. Thank you very much, Stephen, for being being so great to do this with you know what i mean just you too man this is always fun <laughs> so thanks everyone i think we're this we're trying to make this kind of a cool regular thing at rgs i guess you know it's um please go to the relentlessgeekery.com website and we have quite the interesting accumulation of this kind of humor and information and i don't know the joy of geekery it's we really have had a nice time doing it and then um, it, it's we'll, kind of like sitting around at a table at an RG every week. <laughs> it really is. You know, the conversation rages far and people are out like pulling their phones out and taking notes. I got to listen to that. I got to read that. I got to go there. I, I love when Mensons share those cool things with me. I have so many things have I gained from tell me about the book you're reading that unless you told me about it, I wouldn't know about it, but it's great. Yeah. And I love those kinds of recommendations, you know, that kind of thing. So, Okay. Thank you again for the haiku, Colleen. You are you are the, the, the poet laureate of relentless geekery. There we'll we have to hire her to come out with like yearly haikus. Exactly. You know, that's we, you know, we're gonna have like a t-shirt uh series. You know what I mean? We we need to haiku series. Oh, I love that. A By the geek way, haiku series. Here's the geekiest thing. I, I will show a little bit of love right now. Colleen got me this cool puzzle. I think I mentioned it online. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's you know, uh you can see that right now, I think March 26th is showing in those two little gaps. It's a set of pentominoes that for every, the, the um, uh, top two rows are all the months of the year and the bottom four rows are all the dates of the each month. And you can solve this puzzle for every single date throughout the year. And so since I've gotten it, I've managed to, I think I've only had one day where it escaped me, but otherwise I've managed to apply myself to a little wow. bit of puzzle solving. That's and pretty it's cool. now my daily, you know, um, don't always be computing, don't always be talking, uh, do something uh, that is this kind of brain fun. And every day I do it. So thank you, Colleen, for this wonderful gift. That's pretty cool. I <laughs> pretty like cool. that. <laughs> okay. Enjoy the rest of the RG, everyone. Thank you, everyone, in date for um, putting on another virtual RG. Yes. I, uh, anybody who would, would be interested in a comic book perspective on this, please join me tomorrow at, I think, 1.30. And, um, and otherwise, relax and, uh, uh, you know, what, whatever, whatever your beverage of choice is, a little sip. Here, here's my Dr. Pepper, my hideous addiction. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We will see you again, Steve. Guys. Okay. Bye, guys. Good night, everyone. Bye. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and 
join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.